Okay, Baruch Hashem. Baruch Hashem, another day for us to be alive, thank God. Another day for us to try and create the day that we want to create and we want to think the way we want to think. We want to talk the way we choose to talk. And Baruch Hashem, we have the Chavetz Chaim who helps us and can guide us into how we are supposed to talk. And as we spoke yesterday uh, regarding family members, that if you can only imagine living your life uh, where you're talking Lashon Hara about your family members, about the people who are closest to you, and how challenging that's going to be, if a person is as we've said many times over and over, how <clears throat> Mitzora is motzira, is that if a person is talking bad about the people who he's closest to, he is only expressing the bad that he has within himself. As you squeeze an orange, you get orange juice because you get outside what you have on the inside. So somebody who has negativity on the outside is because he himself has negativity on the inside. And we hurt the people closest to us. So says the Chavetz Chaim that um, we're on page 127. We'll go to spouse and in-laws. That we say belittling one's spouse or one's in-laws is Lushan Hara. So that means when you get married, God willing, you have to be very, very careful because a lot of times what's going to happen is you are going to blame, as the example is, um, you start looking at your mother-in-law, and this is the example, my mother-in-law doesn't teach her children generosity, so therefore my husband is quite stingy. So this is Lashon Har about the mother-in-law and the husband. So you kill, literally you kill two birds with one stone. You go ahead and you're talking about how terrible your mother-in-law, and the reason that your wife is the way she is is because, right, your mother-in-law is like that. So you tell someone, yeah, the reason my wife is uh, messy is because uh, her mother was messy, and she grew up in a messy home. So you get rid of, you, you shoot at your mother-in-law, and you got your wife. So again, you're talking lush and hard about your wife. Most often, you don't even mean to belittle them. You are discussing something else, and trying to prove a different point. For example, Dovi, Dovi, for example, you are discussing yourself in reference to having guests, and you say, I find it so difficult to have guests because in my parents' house, my parents did not stress, Achnas' Archim was not stressed. Your main focus is actually on yourself, saying why you don't have guests. However, without realizing it, you are implying something negative about your parents. Therefore, you're not allowed to do that. Siblings. Yes? Concerning them, yes. Are you allowed to say, I, I can't have, I, I find it very hard and difficult to have and go because people may, in my own house can't handle it? Would that be considered a Russian hour? That's a good question. Um... Could be, because could be someone could think it's your mother, your father, your brother. I mean, what does that mean, people in your house? Who's in your house? Your family. So it could be that would be Lashonara, yeah. 
Yeah. For example, what? Page yeah, page one twenty-eight. We 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 did we started off yesterday. One twenty-eight. I'm up to siblings. So you see how incredible this is. It comes out that even talking about your parents, even talking about your parents, even talking about your brothers and sisters, right, is something that is lashnar. Now again, like I said yesterday, if you're speaking to someone who you're speaking to them to get clarity about yourself, and you're speaking to someone to help you grow, and you're not just saying it at the dinner table, at the lunch table, by the way, with your roommates, but you're talking to a Rebbe, you're talking to somebody who you know you're doing this in order to help yourself become better, then that's not Lashon Hara. That's not Lashon Hara. Lashon Hara is that you're just frustrated at somebody, and you're saying it like, oh, I hate when my mother does this, I hate when my father does this, and you call your sibling to just yap about it, and all that does, and the way to tell if it's something that's a good thing to do or not to do, is what happens afterwards. If it breeds more negativity towards your sibling, if it breeds more negativity towards your parents, if it breeds more negativity towards whoever it is, then that's a proof that it's Lashon Hara. But if it makes you feel better, right, I've had this myself. If I, when I've had different challenges, um, you know, in my family situations, so I'm very careful, you know, I wasn't always careful, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, but I guess that's the truth, right? I, I, I was not always so careful, Baruch Shem, since learning Hilchus Lashon Hara, I'm much more careful. And just to be sensitive that my conversations with my family about other family members is with the thought of how can this be constructive? How can this be <coughs> constructive, not destructive? How can this make me feel better and how could I learn about myself with this um, conversation? Also something that we've spoken about many times as well, and this is something that we're going to talk about at a different instance, part of the challenge is when you have these group chats and you have hundreds of people, you have hundreds of people on the chat. Somebody could, and, and like we've said many times, it's very easy to text something or to voice note something without actually having a conversation with somebody. And you could end up having, affecting hundreds of people, or you could affect your whole family by just writing one little thing in one swoop. You could go ahead and affect so many people. When people have these family chats, or they have sibling chats, however they do it, even if it's a lot of people, you have to be very, very, very careful. Okay, so siblings, even siblings, you're not allowed to talk about your siblings, even to other siblings or to one's parents. Now again, if you're doing it to help the sibling, if you're doing it to help the situation, then of course you're allowed to. But we're just talking about venting. For example, you tell your sister about your brother, about your teenage brother. Did you hear that David's Rebbe punished him again today? So again, if you're trying to help him out, then you could say it. But if you're just saying it, that you're annoyed at your younger brother, or you're annoyed at your sister, then you're not allowed to say that. One's own children. Unbelievable. One's own children. You're not allowed to talk about one's own children's negative behavior if it is not age appropriate. We learned this the other day. For example, if you say my 12-year-old son has a raging temper, my 10-year-old daughter fights with everyone in her school. So a lot of times if you're doing that and you're rolling your eyes, oh gosh, my son is driving me crazy. And that's going to happen. Your children will, will 
quote-unquote drive you crazy. That's what children do. So the question is what you're going to do with it. And if you learn now, when you're young, you learn to learn the halachas, and you learn to be sensitive, then otherwise you say, well, what are you talking about? What's wrong with that? You're not allowed to talk negatively about one's children who are over bar mitzvah, even if it might be age-appropriate. For example, my 15-year-old daughter is so moody lately. She loses her temper at me if the house looks messy when her friends come over. One must be very careful when discussing a bad nature of a child. Also, know what's so beautiful about this? You see the beauty of the Torah. You see the beauty of Chazal. You see the beauty of the Chavetz Chaim. Is that, is that Lashon Hara is not just about... When we look at Klal Yisrael, when you look at Klal Yisrael, you know the famous from the Kutzker, from many said over, that first I wanted to change the entire world. Right? And then he says, oh, I tried to change the world. I couldn't change the world. It was too big. So then I decided I'll change my community. I saw I couldn't change my community. It was too big. So I said, I'll try and change my family. I couldn't change my family. Nobody listened to me. And he says, I tried to change my spouse. Couldn't even change my spouse. So at the end of the day, I just tried to change myself. Right? Which that alone is a full-time job, to change yourself. And then through changing yourself, you change your spouse, you change your children, you change your community, you change the world. But the pshat is that you see from the Chavetz Chaim how important it is that even in your little house, even in your little your room, and between your family, between your children, what you can contribute to the world for your children to say, I, I, I could just say for myself, Right uh, about my father, I love Hashem. I didn't know this. I, when my father passed away, so about a, a few weeks later, um, it could be right after Shiva, one of his closest friends came over to me, who was his friend for like 40, 50 years. And, um, and I remember him telling me this. And, uh, um, you know, my father definitely had opinions about things. You know, he wasn't just a quiet person. I mean, he knew how to talk, Baruch Hashem. Um, he knew when to talk. That's more important, when to talk. And I remember his friend coming over to me and said, I knew your father for over 40, 50 years. And he says, I never heard him say a word of Lashon Hara. So to me, as a, as a child, that was a very, not a child, but I'm saying it's his child. It was a tremendous chizik to say like, I mean, I knew that about my father, but to hear that, how that affects, to hear that to be, to be a father. You want to be a father that your children can say, yeah, my father does this, my father does that, my father's a positive person, my father, you know, that, and it all begins, it all begins here. This is where it begins. It's not going to begin. Yes, Rabbi Tzvi. Second, I did that. This whole sheer popped into my mind of negativity. I'm like, why am I reflecting? Like this lady's getting sick, shuffling out. So I told her, I said, I apologize. This it just happened. And wow. I, just, I saw your, I saw Rebbe's face. And I saw you guys a little bit, but uh, <laughs> and I was able to just take it back and tell her, you know, you're good. Uh, it's my system, not your system. Wow! Wow! Amazing! Wow! Wow! And I was going to clap, I was going to ha- have a clap just when you said that you were taking your kids around, driving them carpool, that also, right? Getting shokos, lachmaniyah, right? 
Right? Nobody knows. Nobody knows. You show up to yeshiva. You show up to work. No one knows what happened two hours before or three hours before. And you know what? No one cares. Not in a bad way. No one cares. No one cares. No one's going to care if, you, if you're... And that, that's what I say all the time. If your home and your home base is negative, so what's going to be outside? If you're inside, if your core is negative and fighting... And I tell this to my kids all the time. I tell this to my kids. I say, when you go to school, nobody's having Rachmanis on you in school to say, oh, let's all be positive. So if you're fighting at home, and you're not getting love at home, and you, as the father of the house, yes, as the father of the house, as the man of the house, is not able, now obviously, you'll, you'll date a girl, and you'll together strengthen each other, and you'll talk about being positive, and you'll talk about not speaking Lashon Hara, and you and your wife together will be powerhouses not speaking Lashon Hara, and speaking Dvarim Tovim, and apologizing. I want to say, I thought of, talk about thinking of everyone, I thought of everyone last night. I walked into my, into my, into my son's room, I went into my son's room, and then when I left the room, I closed the door, and I walked out, and the door didn't close 100%. And he says, Tati, could you please, could you close the door? It didn't close. His door was closed. I went in there to speak to him, and then I went out, and the door wasn't closed. And as I left, I said, I'm sorry. He's, my, he's 14 years old, my son Avram. I apologize. I'm sorry, Avram. I'm sorry, Avram, that I didn't close your door. Why, why am I sharing that to say? And then I said it again. I'm so sorry. Why? Because, because I, I want to give even more of a message, I mean, Baruch Shem, by me, it's, it's natural, I try and, not natural, I've, I've worked on it, but I'm saying, to give your family, to give the clo- people closest to you, and it's the hardest thing to do. Everyone thinks over here, we've said this, oh, my roommates, oh, my roommates, are my roommates, but my wife and my children, them I'm not going to hurt. It's a lie, that's not true, it's the exact opposite. The people who you're closest with, you will hurt. If you hurt your roommate now and you have negativity on your roommate now, you'll have quadruple negativity on your family. That's a fact. If anyone wants to talk about that privately, why that is, but that is a fact. You hurt the people closest to you. So if you begin within yourself to learn how to be more positive, to try and be more positive, to push to be more positive, to focus on that. Because you see the Chavetz Chaim, this is Hilchus Lashon HaRaches Alveiz. I didn't make this up. This is from the Chavetz Chaim himself, telling us you have to be careful how you're talking to your wife about your children, how you're talking to your mother about your children, your father about your children, about your family. And if you begin there with strength, that will influence everything around you. Here, look what he says. My two-year-old son is so stubborn. This for sure is classic. This is something classic that everybody, I don't want to say everybody, but a lot of people do this. Ready? Here it is, guys. Mark the note down on this because you will do this. When you have a son or a daughter who acts a certain way and you don't like the way you act, they act. This is what you're going to say. And the Chavetz Chaim knew this because the Chavetz Chaim was the Chavetz Chaim. My two-year-old son is so stubborn. She takes after my wife's side. That's it. Yeah. That's classic, right? I hope my kids are going to take after my wife's side. father was not here today. Uh, 
Now, interesting, he says, he brings over here, this is not considered negative. L- listen, to how, listen to how this gets so important. This is not considered negative in reference to the child. Anyone remember why not? Because it's age-appropriate. Beautiful. Since it's age-appropriate, so you could say your two-year-old kid is a kvetch. That's not Lashonara. If you say my 10-year-old kid's a, a kvetch, that is Lashonara. But to say my two-year-old kid uh, has a tantrum when he doesn't get what he wants, that's not Lashonara, because two-year-old kids throw tantrums. If you say your, your wife throws a tantrum, your husband throws, the husband throws a tantrum, that's Lashonara, because it's true, because adults throw tantrums too. They might not go on the floor and wiggle, but they do other tantrums. They do worse than that. <laughs> you like that one, Shai? <laughs> it's true, but it's true. What's a tantrum? That's what a tantrum is. You don't get what you want, so a kid drops on the floor and, and screams and does whatever they do. Okay. Adults do crazier things than that. Okay, question, comments? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very good. Yeah? Okay, Hashem should help us. Hashem should help us. It's another day, Baruch Hashem. I saw this morning from Reb Meilich, says a beautiful things. He's talking about somebody who's getting braces. And he says, the person says, oh, how long do you have to have braces for? You have braces for two, three years. It's two, three years. What do I need so long? Why don't you just come in and ram my teeth, right? Ram the teeth in one shot and just straighten that. So Ramalek was saying, because because growth, growth, if you did that, you'd break all the teeth. Right? Growth takes time. So I met a Muna. A person wants to grow. He says, Oh, I want to shove, shove. And he says, Oh, and do you see the change in the teeth right away, right when you put on the braces? Not at all. You don't see the change in one shot. Respect takes time. Right, exactly. Respect the process. Know that it takes time. It takes time. So too when it comes to a Muna. And it comes to growth. We want it all to be in one shot. Just give me the, give me the, you know, just jam, you know, ram, ram my teeth so that they're straight. No, things take time. Ram it that. Oh, now I have a muna. It's not now I have a muna. Yesterday you might have had a muna. Today you got to get more amuna. And tomorrow you got to get more amuna. And the next day, every day, hamanti kiyadabra. You got to talk about it. Same with lashon hara. If you if you don't learn, I know myself. When I don't learn the halachas, even over the weekend sometimes, I try, I, we try and do it at home. I do it at home, Baruch Shem, it helps. But it's not the same, because I don't do it as, I don't do it in this context. We'll do it. We'll do it for a few minutes at the, at the Shabbos table, at the supper table. We try and do it. But when you do it and you remind yourself, you remind yourself over and over, I don't want to say, I don't want to speak bad. I don't want to see bad. I only want to see the good. And it's so, 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 so important, especially with chats, where there's so much activity going on and someone could post something stupid or someone could say something dumb or someone could do this, someone could do that. The immediate reaction is judgment. Oh, gosh, this guy's a this, this guy's a that. Right? It's, it's, it's very important to learn to judge people favorably, to make up stories in your head about people judging them favorably, and for sure yourself. Okay, Hashem should help us. Someone had their hand up? Okay, Hashem should help us. We should all be zocha to not speak any Lashon Hara today and every day. And as the Chavetz Chaim promises us and tells us that all we can do, all we can do is learn the Halachas every day. That's all we can do. We can sit here and for a few minutes 
take out some time to learn the halachas, and through that, we'll be zocha to miha isha chavetz chayim, oev yamim liros tov, to only see the good in ourselves, to see the good in the world. Right? It's so important. It's so important because there's so much negativity. There's so much negativity around us. There's a lot of negativity. Thank you. There's a lot of negativity that, that uh, because negativity comes from being a victim. A victim is where you are blaming the circumstances, you're blaming your happiness on other people. When you're waiting for other people to make you happy, when you're waiting for other people to make you satisfied, when you're waiting for other situations to help change your life, that's when you're a victim. You're a victim, which means you're basically someone who's relying on other people to make you feel good. But when a person works on Lashon Hara, and it's hard, it's very hard, what it does is, is it forces you, it forces you to look in yourself and to learn to feel good about yourself and to learn to, to really live the way you want to live. So Hashem should help each and every one of us. We should be zocha to pure purity of speech, us and all of Klal Yisrael. Thank you, Eli. Okay, we were discussing yesterday one of the most important prakim and concepts in the Mesil Susharim. And that was the gray area of being a Jew. And just to clarify what that means, someone said yesterday, Shomazam was saying, why are we calling it the gray area? We want to start calling it the colorful area, which I hear what he's saying. Uh, we'll still keep it as the gray area because the concept of gray area is, yes, Morty. No, no, go ahead. You had your hand up. Chaf, parachaf. Yeah, well, we started yesterday. Chaf, Mishkala Hasidus. The 20th chapter, we're up to the 20th chapter. It's from last year, we're continuing. Uh oh, with a what? Oh, what do you mean? What is he saying? Uh oh. Vihine Mashitzarach Lahavinhu. That's really what I'm going to focus on today. <clears throat> okay, here we go. It's about 20 lines, 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14, 16, 18, about 22 lines from the top in my Mesil Shisharim. Vihine Mashatzarch Lahavin Hu. Now, just to give you a little background, black and white versus gray. Black and white, <clears throat> Judaism, this is what we spoke about yesterday, I'd like to hear more from, from you because I know Yitzi, Yitzi Weinstein and myself, we spoke about it more last night as well. Some of you were discussing it. It's a very, very, very important part of what it means to be a Jew and what it means to serve Hashem. This is very, very, very crucial. And that is like this. There's black and white in Judaism, which means there's a Shulchan Aruch. There's a Shulchan Aruch which teaches us to do this and to do that, which means... You have to wear tzitzis, you keep Shabbos, right? you keep kosher, right? you um, don't speak Lashon Hara. These are black and white things. Right? You put on tefillin, you say Kriyashma. These are things that are, there's 630 mitzvahs. There's a machlokis what the 630 mitzvahs are, but more or less they're, we know, to build a sukkah. Those are all things that are black and white. The reason I'm calling it black and white is because it's very, very clear. You put on tefillin. Okay, there's Rashi, Rabbeinu Tam. That already maybe gets into a little bit gray, or some people say that that is black and white. 
But anyway, gray, and this is what the Ramchal teaches us, gray are the parts of halacha and the parts of being a Jew that are very, very, very subjective. They're subjective. The examples that we were giving was when a person, let's say, is davening um, and he's davening with a minion. He wants to daven with a minion and he's on an airplane. So what do you do in a situation like that where it could appear to be a mitzvah, but it could be an avera to do that. It could appear to be something that is a good thing, but it could end up really being a bad thing. And then you have things that could appear to be bad, right? If you're helping an old lady across the street, or you're helping someone who fell, who's, who's, and you're, you're helping someone who needs help, someone might say, oh, right, that's what's called a, a chassid shaita. A chassid shaita is someone, a woman is drowning, or a woman needs your help, and you say, oh, I'm makbid on my shmir senayim. Right? That's not the time to be makbid on your shmir senayim. The time to be makbid on your shmir senayim is when you know when it's time to be makbid on your shmir senayim. So what happens is, and this is what the Ramchal says, he says, Your initial impression of things and the superficiality of things is not how you judge this way of being a Jew. You can't judge a book by its cover. You can't go ahead and say, oh, this person looks like this, this situation looks like this, so therefore it must be right. That's where when we're talking about judging Lakaf Tov, go, going ahead and judging people favorably, you never know what somebody inside is going on inside their heart. You have no idea. So going ahead and judging a person or judging a situation based on its superficiality, that is the opposite of this. That's the opposite of what we're talking about. You have to delve in. And you have to have bina. You have to internalize. You have to be maven dover mitoch dover. You have to analyze and understand what's, what is this? What is that? told us magios. For example, a guy staying up late to learn. He might say, it's great that I'm staying up late to learn until 2, 3 in the morning. And then what happens? He ruins his next day. Now that doesn't mean that someone maybe needs to stay up till 2 o'clock in the morning, 3 o'clock in the morning to learn. So someone's going to say, oh, so I shouldn't stay up till 2, 3 in the morning? The answer is, I don't know. I can't answer that question. That's where it becomes gray. Black and white is, you learn Torah. That's black and white. You don't learn Torah. That's, that's black and white. That's not good. You do learn Torah, that's good. Exactly, oh, what am I supposed to do in my schedule? Am I supposed to, you know, wake up uh, 7 o'clock in the morning? I'm supposed to do this? Am I supposed to do that? Am I supposed to do this? All those things are the area of gray. That is where people struggle the most. And like we said yesterday, Ibsim Karaba was saying, and it's so true, the area that you feel the struggle, the area where you don't have clarity. Nobody here has, has a question of putting on tefillin, not putting on tefillin. Everyone knows that that's what you're supposed to do. Everybody knows when it comes to Shabbos, we keep Shabbos. That's what we do. That's what a Jew does. That's what an Orthodox, God-fearing Jew does. Now, connecting to Shabbos, going ahead and only eating certain foods. Right? I know myself, there are a few things. I love herring. I love herring and schnapps. I, I won't, if they had a kiddush the other week in yeshiva, 
They had herring and schnapps. This is just a personal thing. Am I, is it usher for me to eat herring and schnapps during the week? Why? I love it. No. I want Shabbos to be set aside to have certain foods that I only eat then. So I set it aside for Shabbos that I only eat herring and I only have herring and schnapps on Shabbos. Why? Because that is the great... Now, is it usher for me to have herring and schnapps during the week? Of course it's not. That is the gray, that's a gray, obviously it's an interesting example of gray, but being mechabit Shabbos, finding a connection, your connection. Like we said yesterday, if you're a person like Rabbi Erblich was saying, Yehuda's father-in-law was saying so beautifully from Rabbi Yashiv. Rabbi Yashiv was someone who Mamash learned Yom Avalev. You heard what he said? That he was talking about someone doing chesed, and he said, Shlaimi, you should have heard this, crazy from Rabbi Yashiv. He said, someone doing chesed, if you don't know how to close the Gemara, then don't open the Gemara. If you don't know how to close the Gemara, right? So I, I was saying, and I'll say it again here, I don't think we have a problem with that, right? We, Baruch Hashem, right? We, we're, 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 I'm not worried so much now. I mean, it's Hashem. It gets to a point where you tell somebody, okay, you know, you're learning too much. You got to get, get out a little bit. But that's where Judaism, that's where people struggle with Judaism, that's where people struggle with their relationship with Hashem because, again, what the Ramchal tells us is he says, what is my goal? You guys know the famous story. This illustrates it very, very, very clearly. I'll say it quickly. It's a famous story. You guys know the story with the Rebbe Rabzisha. Everyone knows the story with the Rebbe Rabzisha with his brother in jail. I'll say it quickly because many of you have heard the story. But for those who didn't, I'll try and give it as much detail. It's an amazing story. So Rabbi Elimelech and Rabbi Zisha are in jail. Two brothers. They're hanging out in jail, and they're learning, and they're dancing, and they're having a party. They don't care that they're in jail, right? They don't, what do they care that they're in jail? Number one, they have each other. Number two, they're yidden with Emunah, and they're dancing. What? Who said what's jail? Yeah, exactly. Beautiful. Well said. It's all an illusion. Correct. Right? So they're in jail, and they're having a party, and they're singing, and they're learning, and they're having a great... So suddenly the guards, the guards say, what's all these, these stupid Jews doing and having a, having a blast over here? So another Jew, it's always like that, another Jew in the, in the jail says, oh, because they're learning Torah, and they're able to, but if you go ahead and you put a bucket of, of uh, re'i, of excrement, of, of tzoa, you put it there, it's usher for them to learn. They can't enjoy the, 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 the Torah. So what do they do? They go ahead and they bring a bucket into the jail, right into their, into their little thing. So what happens? Finally, it's quiet. The rest of the jail, everyone's like, ah, but thank God these two crazy wacko Jews can, can just, you know, be quiet. And Valley Malik's like, this is great. What's the problem? Rabzusha starts crying. Rabzusha's crying. Valley says, why are you crying? So he says, because we can't learn now. We can't learn. We can't do anything because you're not allowed to learn in front of this bucket of excrement. So Rebelli Melech says, I don't understand. Why did we want to learn anyway? The reason we wanted to learn and we learned is why? Because we wanted to bring nachas ruach to Hashem. We wanted to do good things for Hashem. We wanted to please Hashem. We wanted to serve Hashem. Hashem doesn't want us to do this now. So we are bringing nachas ruach by not learning. That's the nachas ruach. That's what Hashem wants. Ashrei Misha Amalei is a beautiful first half of the Pasuk. 
Ashrei Misha, Amalei B'Torah, means it's beautiful somebody who learns Torah. But you forgot the next part. V'oseh nachas ruach liyotro. Why am I learning Torah? Why am I doing it? To bring nachas ruach. So the second Reb Zisha heard that, oh, I'm bringing nachas ruach to Hashem with the bucket by not doing anything. So he starts dancing in this and then he's dancing around the bucket, you know. Just going for the bucket, right? Until they had to take it out, whatever, whatever the end of the story is. Right? But what's the point? What's the point of that? You can't judge, you can't judge when a person doesn't understand why he's putting on tefillin. When a person doesn't understand why he's davening. When a person doesn't understand why he's doing what he's doing and it's not, it's not clear. So then that's when he gets stuck in the black and white. You get stuck. You get stuck. When a person's saying, I gotta go to Marev. And my Avodah Zara is going to Marev. So if your wife is crying and she needs your help, I gotta go to Marev. I gotta go to Marev. Sometimes, like we said, you gotta go to Marev. You gotta tell your wife you'll be back 15 minutes later, 20 minutes later. Right? Don't end up schmoozing there an hour later. Right? Schmoozing with, with Chavra and then come back. Or sometimes person has to stay at home. But he has to realize why. What's my goal? What's my goal? What does Hashem want from me? When a person gets clear what Hashem wants from him, so he's, he's able to live in that gray area. It's not as, it's not as, right, we spoke about it last night in Shear a little bit. When you're making a schedule of your day, when you're making a schedule of your day, the reason people get stressed out about that what am I doing from 9 o'clock till 10 o'clock, from 10 to 12, 12 till 2, 2 to 4, 4 to 7, 7 to 9. The day goes quick, by the way. Days are very, very, you'll notice, as you get older, days go by quicker than you can, than you, than you, than you can imagine. When you're younger, like you say, when I say to my kids, oh, it's going to be my little one, oh, an hour. He's like, ah, Tati, that's great, so much time. You know what I mean? It's an hour. You know, Life goes by very, very quick. But when a person has no gray area, and he doesn't know why he's doing what he's doing, so his schedule and the time becomes the Avodah Zarah. That becomes, the clock on the wall becomes your, your everything. As opposed to what am I doing inside of the clock on the wall? What am I doing inside it? What does my day consist of? What does my life consist of? So the gray area of Judaism, which is where everybody struggles the most, everybody struggles the most in this gray area, and it separates the people who we look at and we say, oh, that's the type of Jew, like, like the story with Rabbi Tzvi over here, incredible story. Right? The incredible story is, what is my, to be able to be aware when I'm talking to a woman who I'm dealing with in a store, and I'm able to look at her and say, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, thank you so much, have a wonderful day. Why? That's when you're aware of what your purpose is. If a person's purpose is, is you know, I got to get my food for my kids, and I got to go do this, and you are only an a, um, obstacle, or you are, a, a, are tran, tran, a transaction for me. It's just a transaction. You're not a person. Give me what I want, or you're a person. Yes, Morty. Sense-specific mitzvos. Everyone's like I understand. Everyone has a different why. Everyone in general, right? So, for example, davening. 
can one person have a different why than a different person mm-hmm. from another? Mm-hmm. So it, 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 sure. So, Mori, for example, you can have a guy who's davening. Now, obviously, there's the matbeya shetavu chachamim. There's the chachamim set up, anshei knesagdola set up. But you have somebody who this morning, and this is what he talks about a little bit later, who needs something. And his davening to Hashem is, Hashem, I need this, and I need parnasa, and I need shalom with my parents, or I need to fight this taiva. You can have another guy who just finished fighting his taiva. You can have somebody who just finished something, and his tefillah is what? It's to thank Hashem. It's to thank Hashem. He says, the Ramchal says very clear, yes. No, so I'm not like, uh, I, <coughs> I hear it very well, but in the sense of like, the example of with, uh, with uh, your wife, which, uh, how, I know we don't like to use balance, so I'm going to try to think of a different word. Why, what's wrong with balance? Balance is great. I don't use balance a lot. <laughs> okay, yeah, let's hear So let's hear the question now. What? What's the right thing to do? So the, that's the answer. So, so Morty's asking, okay, so what am I supposed to do if my wife wants me to, to take care of the kids and my wife is having a tough Shabbos morning, right? Am I going to shul? Am I going to go to shul because my wife needs help? So you also have to know yourself. Maybe you're just being lazy. Maybe you're just being lazy. It also depends on the Shabbos. Depends on your wife. Depends on the season. Depends on what's going on. It depends if there's a bar mitzvah in shul of a close friend of yours that you have to go. It depends on your relationship with your wife. If you have a stinky relationship with your wife, something you'll hear from me is don't go to shul the whole week or the whole month. You, you, you fix your relationship with your wife. That's my personal thing that I will tell a guy. Don't go there davening to God. Go, 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 go have a long conversation with your wife. Yeah, the, the point is, no, you, you, no, no, but, but no, in real, in, in, in all seriousness, in all seriousness, that's something that I, that to me is a priority, that your, your relationship with your wife is the most important thing in the world. So I'm saying, but that doesn't mean just because if your wife, let's say, is challenged with something, that, that you can't, you know, say, okay, I, I'd like to go learn anyway. I'd like to go down Marv anyway. It depends on the time. It depends, again, it depends on your relationship with your wife. If you just got into a, an argument with your wife or you, there's a lack of trust in your relationship, so you have to build that. It's very, but that's, but Morty, your question, I want everyone to understand this, and it's good to ask questions like this. It's very important to ask this because this is where people get mixed up. This is where people get confused. Because they look at Judaism either I'm a religious Jew who does everything or I'm a person who's not so religious and I can sort of do what I want. No, that's not the way it works. A, a, a Jew, a true successful Jew is somebody who is able to have his, have amazing relationships with people. He's able to be honest in his relationships with people. He's able to get out of everything that he needs to get out of, whether it's his job, whether it's his, his healthiness, to become a healthy person, to become a healthy individual. It's not two separate things. People think being a healthy person and being a from good Jew are two separate things. They're not. They're not two separate things. They're one and the same. Yes, ask questions. It's important to talk out. Scenarios, yes, Dovi. It's not a question, but I, I, I'm going to say something a little crazy right now. 
I see it as two as two groups. There's the truth, and then there's the reality, right? We know the truth, and then the reality is where we're holding with the truth. What do you mean by the truth? The truth is uh, now. Now, as an I'm gonna explain. Well, okay. The, with the, uh, the truth is, is that we know there's free will. There's anxiety. We have a gullus. Gullus right. is a real thing. You know, right. It's a real thing that Hashem got in front of us, right? Right. And then the reality is, is that we live in a world that the should, supposed to, if could, and would, right? But I'm saying, this, why is that reality? Because we, we, we're not wearing a gullus. The, the, the and then you said was the truth. Well, I'm saying I, I, I see it as two, as two categories. Like, like I put in the gray zone is with the anxiety, with the gullus, with, with all of it. It's all in that okay. same section as, okay. as, as, to, okay. as to what we, we really want as the truth. But right. Even our free will is implanted in that. Your Correct. free will is implanted with, Correct. with that. But the anxiety is part of that truth of, of Shem's just not here. So that gray zone is part of that anxiety. And then out of that comes a should, a would, you know, that's just where we're holding Or maybe the anxiety comes out of the should and would. I'm just saying, I see it as all the same. I see it as all the same. That what? That what? So what's your point? That what? In that section of the gray zone. The gray zone, Dobie, Dobie, the gray zone, the gray zone is some guy has massive anger. Some guy has massive anger, and you have another guy who doesn't have so much anger. The, the, the gray zone is not who gets angry. The gray zone is who's working on his anger. You caught what I'm saying? It's not how much anxiety you have. It's who's working on their anxiety. It's not who has the best relationship. It's who's working on their relationship. Because people who don't work on their relationships... No matter how good of a relationship they have now, in a year from now, their relationship will stink if they don't work on it's it. Like Rabbi says, the, you'd rather get married to somebody with a hundred Exactly. Correct. Uh, Correct. It, it's better to marry someone with a thousand problems who works on herself than somebody with one problem who doesn't work on herself. Because if you've got one problem and you're not working on yourself, then you're, first of all, it'll, it'll, it, it, you never have one problem. But the same thing with anxiety. The same thing. That's all the gray area. If you're not... To, to buy tefillin and to put on tefillin is black and white. To have a relationship to the tefillin. To have a relationship to why I'm putting on tefillin. That's the gray area. Why am I doing it? Why am I davening? Why am I learning? That's the gray area. That's the gray area where most people... That's where most people struggle. They struggle because the black and white is pretty clear. It's this is the decisions I have to make. Like Morty's asking, so what am I supposed to do if my wife wants me to stay home and I want to go to Marav? Well, what am I supposed to do if my wife wants me to go to Marav and I want to stay home? Right? What am I supposed to do? So the question is, what's your why? What's your relationship with your wife? What's your relationship to Marav? What's your relationship to Judaism, to God? And based on all of those variables, there's an infinite, that's why he calls it the Mishkal HaChasidus. Mishkal means you're going to have to weigh it. Everyone wants to know, okay, Rebbe, tell us the formula. Everybody goes, says, okay, right? This, I, uh, I mean, this is a classic thing. Come to your Rebbe. Rebbe, what do I do? Rebbe, what do I do? Tell me what to do. You know why we want our Rebbe's Rebbein to tell us what to do? Because that keeps it black and white. I don't want to live in the gray. That's why I say the, the mission, one of the missions of this yeshiva is teach a man how to fish. I'm not interested in telling you what to do. What I want to tell you, what I want to tell you is you got to figure out what to do. 
That if I hopefully, if we hopefully in this yeshiva could instill healthiness in how to live, to learn Chafetz Chaim, to learn the Silzasharm, to go ahead and to become a healthy, happy person who finds his path. Not to look at other people. Not to be consumed with what other people are saying, what's right and what's wrong. But to find within yourself. And what happens is, I want to say this very, very clearly. What happens is people don't want to make those decisions. You know why? Because making decisions is called Bechira. Bechira means you are making the decision. And when you make the decision, you know what you are? You are alive. Life is you are alive when you make decisions. When you don't make decisions, you're dead. Why? Because a dead person can't make decisions. Yes, Shlaimi. Not making a decision is also a decision. Oh, very good. Oh, so very good. you might as well make a decision. All right, correct. Not making a decision is also <laughs> making a decision. Well, well said. Well said. But what, 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 that's true. That's true. But the more a person, so let me say it more clearly. Thank you, Shlaimi. The more... The more a person is aware of everything that he is doing is a decision. Everything, right now, speaking to, to this uh, holy Jew over here, Shia, it's worth it to have a conversation with Shia Taba. Shia Taba is not a simple Jew. He's not a simple person. He's a person who works. I mean, he is a simple person. People who work on themselves become simple. He's getting it. He gets it. The more talk to him about working on oneself. We were talking about it last night, about realizing that every decision, like Shlaimi says, but to be aware that I am deciding. I am deciding. So what you're saying, Shlaimi, is so true. The more you live in your world of deciding, that's the book of reinventing yourself. If you haven't read it yet, you must read it. You must read Reinventing Yourself. Why? I was speaking to someone yesterday. What was he talking about? He was talking about the fact that he had a lot of days clean. He was working on himself, and then he fell. So when we were talking about it, now he's in a little bit of a challenge time, and we were talking about it. So what does he start telling me? So I tell him, yeah, it just happened that I was clean. It just happened that it is. I said, know what you're doing right now? You're being a victim to your success. You're being a victim to your success, which means you're not owning your success. The reason you're not owning your success is why? Because if you own your success, then what do you have to own? Your failures. Because if you're an owner and you say, you know what? I was the one who chose to be healthy. It's not people say, oh, I was going through a hard time. It happens to be that last week I had a good week. You didn't have a good week last week. You created a good week. But the reason we don't want to look at it like that is because when I have my bad week, I want to say, oh, I didn't have my bad week. It happened to be that it was the bad week. No. Now, it doesn't mean that sometimes weeks are harder. Sometimes weeks are easier. But we all know that this is the black and white. The black and white is up and down. Teenagers in your age, from 18 for this stage, is a very challenging time in your life. When you're in high school, you're in high school, elementary, high school, shkoyach. And once you're married and that, you're sort of on your way. This period of time from 18 years old till marriage is the time that's going to differentiate between those who are going to become healthy and marry healthy, and those who unfortunately, and it's scary to say because it's true, of those who won't become healthy and won't marry healthy. And when you don't marry healthy, and you're two people who are unhealthy together, talk about, yeah, exactly, right? Talk about that. I'm serious. It's the scariest thing in the world to be unhealthy yourself. 
But to marry someone I love, someone's going to say, oh, how do I know if somebody's healthy? Okay, so number one, you don't know 100% until you get married. But the truth is, what I can do myself here is I here can work on being healthy, as healthy as can be. Because the healthier you are, and when I say healthy, I mean that intellectually, I mean that emotionally, I mean that Judaism-wise, I mean that physically, I, need it, I mean in all aspects of life to be healthy, then the chances of you marrying someone who can also be healthy are much higher than if not. Yes? I'm... Uh... I'm, I'm just trying to clarify yes. what, what like the main point is here. Yes. I'm saying that being able to assess Hasidus um, is to have a why, or it's just to be able to assess the situation of when I do the black and white. Say that again. It is the main point that I was trying to teach us here that, that we should have a why when it comes to when we're. No, I'm explaining that, that the why. What, what I'm explaining is that w- how the why will help you in the gray area. It'll help you. It'll help you in the gray. It'll help you make a decision in the gray area. It's the first thing that he says. It's sheyeh libo yashus Is that you know why you're doing what you're doing? I'm, I, I'm focusing on the first, on the first thing that helps a person in the gray area. Black and white is, I don't know why I'm doing it. I'm doing it because it's black and white. That's what I'm supposed to do. It's what I should do. It's a world of should do. So we're, so we're talking about being able to... To navigate, to be able to be, assess the situation. Correct. The more tuned in you are to why you're doing it. That's why I gave the example of the story with Reb Meilich and Reb Zisha. Why? Because why am I learning? Oh, I'm learning to bring Nachas Ruach. So that's okay. Why am I davening? So, so if you starting off this paragraph that, that we're talking about assessing the situation, right. but you're only going to be able to live in the gray and assess the situation if you have a that's one. Life. That's one way to do it. That's one way. That's the first. I'm, I'm, I'm saying that that's the first way to do it. Correct. Yes. Correct. Correct. But again, when you, when the, 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 cha- the most challenging thing for a person, again, is in this gray, nobody wants to go to this gray area. Most people want to solve their problems by saying, okay, I belong to this group, I am part of this thing, here's my checklist, and this is how I have to do They become rigid. They're very rigid in their avodas Hashem, they're rigid in their relationships, they're very stuck in who they are, as opposed to being a person who's able to flow a person that tzaddikim are able to go ahead, right? Avram Avinu, who is the Amura Chesed, is Mr. Chesed, right? I was talking to Yitzhi Weinstein about this last night. Avram Avinu, who's Chesed, is the one who's able to shecht his son, which is the ultimate opposite of Chesed. Is Gevura. Why? Because if he's like, no, Chesed, 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 Chesed. No. To be flexible. If you want to be flexible in your Avodah Hashem, you want to be flexible and loving to other people, so then you have to understand why you're doing what you're doing. You have to understand what the point of why I'm doing what I'm doing. A lot of us have challenges with Judaism because we don't understand what it is. What's the difference if I put on film? What's the difference if Shabbos? What's the difference if I learn? What's the difference with this whole Judaism thing? What's the difference? So therefore, because we look at it as just black and white, we don't look at it that, how do I connect? That's why Shlomo Zalman was saying it's colorful. Because it is colorful. It is colorful. 
Life is colorful. Life is exciting. Judaism is sweet and exciting, and there's so much there for all of us to connect to. When you look at it not like this, then yeah, it becomes very dull, it becomes very boring, and it becomes just rote. It just becomes like a religious ritual. That's all it becomes. You're very detached from it. Yes? I think that's why we call it the gray area, because you can't see what it is. Huh? You can't see what it is. Right, you can't see what it is. Correct. Right, right, right. Colorful, you could see. Good point. Chai is saying why it's gray, because gray you can't see. Very good, Chai. Very good. True. Because colorful, you could see. People want to know, okay, so now what comes out of this? What do I do now if I'm, if I'm uh, you know, in a situation? What am I supposed to do? The answer is, you've got to make that decision. You've got to fail. Someone texted me last night who listens to this shir from another yeshiva. Great guy. And he sent me a WhatsApp late at night that on one of the shirim, I don't know which shir he was listening to, but he asked the question, um, how do I know if I'm making my schedule... Um, if, I'm over, if I'm overloading myself. So this is what I told him. I told him, I said, I don't like, I'd rather talk to him in person. It's hard to talk. I left him a voice note and I said, tell me if this works. And he actually thanked me. He says, yeah, it was a good answer. This is what I told him. I said, so overload yourself. Then what happens a week later? Take off what you overloaded yourself. Or underload yourself. And then what do you do next week? You adjust it. I said, my suggestion is I'd rather you do less probably better to do less and build up because then you won't feel like you failed. But don't worry. Don't worry. See, what happens is we want to write up a schedule, lock it up, and say, this is what I'm doing for the rest of my life. That's not the way it works. Say, this is what I'm doing this week. And if you have a strong week this week, you'll have a strong, right? It rains outside sometimes. It was raining this morning. Now it's sunny. That's, that's life. And you have to learn to adjust. And the more a person is able and flexible to adjust and to change things, and to realize, so I made a schedule this week that it was too little of a schedule. So add next week. And the next week you know you have a trip coming. So you could push yourself a little bit more. And then you have another two weeks where you don't have a trip. So you might want to relax a little bit more. If that's the gray area of learning to know yourself, learning to understand yourself in Judaism. So why is it so hard? Why do we want... Because you focus on what you did. Why do you want a schedule? Why do you want a whole calendar? The reason you want a schedule and the reason you want a calendar is because you want to be dead. You don't want to make decisions. You, anyone who's played sports... Here, you'll speak to Rabbi C. We'll get all excited. You can make all the plays, right? The coach can say all the plays. You can watch all the films. At the end of the day, when the whistle blows and you're in the game, can you say, oh, make a move like this? Oh, oh, and then afterwards I make a move like that? Well, what happens? The Ravens won last night. That's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> but, but explain, Rabbi Tzvi. Tell us. Give us some insight into that. It's, 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 it's instincts. Instincts. We don't, as a child, the beauty of a child, right? We were speaking about this Friday night. I'll speak to somebody about this. Why are children happy? Besides, uh, Morty, we'll put it on the... We'll put it in the three. And why are children happy? You know why children are happy? Because they're always pushing the limit. They're always trying to climb the tree. They're trying to go a little bit further. They're learning more things. Then what happens? They get frozen as a teenager. Suddenly, this is what happens. You reach puberty. You reach puberty. You start getting self-conscious. You look in the mirror, you see your first few pimples on your face, right? You start realizing that, that there's something called good-looking, there's something called being cool. You, you start becoming self-conscious, and then what happens? You freeze. You fake it. You fake it, 
and you freeze. And that's why I say when someone has a very hard high school, elementary school is also terrible not to have any time you have that. But when you have a high school where, you're, where it's, all about, it's all about friends, it's all about image, what happens is people can never, ever, ever, I don't want to say it, that sounds strong. It's very hard for a person to recuperate from that. Because what happens is when you're a kid, you ever have that feeling like, oh, when I was a kid, I was so natural. I was so like this. And then I became a teenager and suddenly I lost this or I lost that. The shot is that children are not afraid to be spontaneous. Children are not afraid to push the limits and to do things they didn't do yesterday. They love it. As adults, what happens, or teenagers, what happens, right away we start saying like, okay, should I, should I not? Should I? Now, obviously that comes with, you know, when you're, when you're a certain age, you could do stupid things because of that. But, but, but what happens is, what happens is, for a person to learn as a Jew, Shlaimi, for your question, to learn that Hashem wants us to be creative in Judaism. He wants us to find... He wants us to find my niche in learning Torah. Is it Chumash? Is it Musr? Is it Chasidus? Is it Gemara? Is it Ian? Is it Bikiyas? That's all the gray area. To say learn Torah, everyone knows they got to learn Torah. The question is, what are you learning in Torah? For this guy, it might be Mishnayis. For this guy, it might be Gemara. For this guy, it might be Ian Shir. Yes, Mayor? The point is to turn the black and white into the gray, not the gray. Uh-oh, very good. Explain. Beautiful. We try to take the gray areas and turn them into Sisma, right? You were saying before. Exactly. Correct. That's our gray area. Beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Well said, Mayor. I like that. I want to say, I want to give you an example. For someone to say, now there are things, for someone to say, okay, there are classic things. This happens to be my gray. I love the Masil Sharm. I will never tell anybody, now, is it important to go through Masil Sharm? Absolutely. But I will never tell anybody, make this your, your baby. I will never say. What I'll say is, get a safer and make that safer what is yours. That's what Mayer is saying. When you take something gray and you say, right, when we're giving the example of staying home, if your wife needs you to clean up and you're not going to Mario, oh, oh so, so that's gray. Oh, so that's what I'm supposed to do when my wife asks me to stay home and not go to Mario? No, that's gray. That's gray. Could be yes, could be no. Well said, Mayor. Don't turn it into black. Beautiful. No, stay in your lane. Black and white and gray. Beautiful. I tell you, this is so... black and white. Go ahead. Okay, but, I, but, but just to end off, and I think it's so... I think this, this conversation and this limud is so, so, so important because this is really where people can find themselves in... Judaism. You can find yourself in the Torah. I have so many guys who come to me, and I've never told them once. They come and say, oh, Torah, Torah, you got to learn Torah, but I don't want to learn Gemara. I didn't say Gemara. When did I say Gemara? I said, you have to learn Torah. I never said you have to learn Gemara. So people get nervous. Oh, what does that mean? Torah includes many, many things. Many, many things. Many things. So why, why do, why me, myself, do I think, uh, if I don't learn Gemara, I'm not really learning Gemara. Right, because, I'll tell you why, because they made the gray, the black. That's why. Because to you, somebody made it black and white. 
I made it that if you do, if you wear a white shirt and you wear black, no pun intended. If you wear white and black, then you're a tzaddik. And if you wear not white and black, then you're not a tzaddik. You're not that. The goal. So deep in me. Of course it's deep. Of course it's deep. So what? So I don't like. So what? I I got I got a lot of things deep in me also that I don't like. That's why you're here on this planet. You're here on this planet. I could say to you, Shlaimi, you're a fighter. You know what I'm talking about. That's why you're here on this planet. You're here to be, I said it yesterday from someone who said this so beautifully, is that to be a ger. Nisan Black was embedded in him many things. And, and a holy Jew said over Shabbos, right? I didn't say his name because I didn't know if he would be okay for me to say it. I could say the name? Yeah. Okay, it was Shlaimi was the one who said it. Right? Yeah. Shlaimi was the one who said it. Is that he views himself as a ger. So view yourself as a ger. A ger means, yeah, so I grew up with this, and I grew up with that, and yes, it My could be... Was, uh, the ger that uh, when a ger wants to become a Jew, they push him away. So I said that I feel like I'm a ger because I've been pushed away from Yiddishkeit, but I'm still trying to... Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so good, so beautiful, beautiful. So, so what Shlaimi is saying is that everybody here, or 99% of, of, of our yeshiva... Right? We have to become gay. You know what? It's not even a yeshiva. Every Jew has to be a gay. Every Jew has to go ahead and has to say, I was taught something about Judaism. I was taught with Judaism. I have to find and discover Judaism for myself. I have to go ahead and be a man, and I have to have the courage to be able to say, yes, when I open up a Gemara, or I open up a Chumash, or I open up a this, or my association, right? Someone told me, right, Shabbos. What an incredible Shabbos. That's what Shabbos is supposed to be like. Make Shabbos, make Shabbos. Why do we make Shabbos like, like the way we make it over here in Yeshiva? Because we want to experience Shabbos. If a guy goes to a shul and the davening is boring, the davening's long, Shabbos is just a drag, so why would he like Shabbos? But when a person makes a new excitement in Judaism, in different parts, and he, re, he renews himself. He, he, he has there's so much, there's so much beauty to it. Okay, Hashem should help us all. We should all be Zoha. As the weeks slowly are, 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 are moving. The days are, yes? Shot 60 days. What am I hearing about 60 days? 60 days. There's probably 50, right, 58 yeshiva days. That means if you take out Friday... You take out Shabbos, you take out the Hanukkah break, then there will be, you'll be left with a, um, oh, and you take out the Mezhbush trip, right, which is about, also will be about a week. You take out those, you are left with 50 by now, well, Thursday I said it, today's Monday, so Thursday, Sunday, Monday, so you're, we're down to 57 actual yeshiva days until Pesach. Yes. Hashem should help us all smash your rear view mirrors. Don't live in your past, right? Don't be, what was that line we said yesterday? I love that line, the way he said it. Something about was. Don't, don't worry about what was. Be what is now. Live today. Live today the way you want to live today. Make the changes now. Don't wait for one day, but rather make it day one. Today is the first day, as Binyamin Berkowitz said so beautifully, today is the only day. This is the only day that you have, because tomorrow is going to be, today is yesterday's tomorrow, so it's already tomorrow. So if you were waiting for tomorrow to make your change, well, it's tomorrow already. So make the change that you want to make.
and have a wonderful day. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Thank you for being sensitive uh, to things. Uh, I appreciate it. So now we can accept him.